Welcome to Prime Video's culture-rated collection. This is the place where Black is the main character, where we don't jump through hoops just to hear our voice and can fall in love with illuminating documentaries like Giannis' The Marvelous Journey. I'm just a hard worker that's trying to survive. Enjoy the animated series, The Second Best Hospital in the Galaxy. All doctors report immediately. Where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Welcome home, baby! Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. I want my music to unify people. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop. This is the cleanest police car I've ever been in in my life. And BMF. You're about to take over the whole nation. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Prime Video. Find your happy place. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to the Gravity Leadership Podcast. Gravity Leadership is a growing network of people who believe the center of the Christian life is the love of God revealed in Jesus Christ, and that learning to take love seriously is vital for how we practice discipleship, mission, and leadership. The Gravity Leadership Podcast explores, in practical ways, how to root our lives and our leadership in this love that holds all of us and everything together. This is Matt. This is Ben. Hey, welcome to the Gravity Leadership Podcast, friends. Um, we are excited to bring you this episode. It's not an interview this time. Listener email about how to gospel our kids. If we don't just teach them the Romans Road or the four mm-hmm. spiritual laws, and we want to talk about this kingdom gospel or this allegiance to Jesus gospel, how do we do that? So we, Ben and I give some thoughts about what we're doing, experimenting with in our family, and mm-hmm. we're going to get to that in... One shake of a lamb's tail. One shake of a lamb's tail. Uh, we got some events uh, coming up in Michigan. Uh, for some reason, we're coming to Michigan um, in February and March. So check those out. Enneagram, parenting. It's the best time of the year to visit Michigan. Best time of the year <laughs> to visit Michigan. So check those out in the show notes. Um, we also got an Enneagram coming up in Kalamazoo, um, which is also Michigan. So we're going to be all over Michigan. Yep. Isn't that crazy? We got it covered. We got it covered. Um, that's probably it. Yeah, Friends, that's it. Welcome to the podcast. Enjoy. Get ready. From time to time, mm-hmm. we get questions. We do. We get questions uh, from all over the place, but from lovely listeners who email us at podcast at gravityleadership.com. That comes straight into uh, my inbox and yours, I think. Um, And I think we both get those emails. Yeah, we do. So anyway, if you have a question, do uh, reach out and ask us. So we're going to answer a question today. It's a Q&A episode. It is, and this podcast might uh, stir up questions for you. Right. You may have questions, right. questions based upon, upon the questions. way we're answering this yeah, question. Yeah, um, we could get, uh, Then we could do another meta episode, which is questions about the Q&A. Yep. Q&A about the Q&A episode. Yeah. And deeper and deeper into the rabbit hole we go. Can I just say one thing about this? About what? Uh, before this, we this start. This episode? Yeah, before, just Q&A. Like, Q&A. A friend of mine talks about uh, that he doesn't do Q&A. He mm-hmm. does Q&R. Q&R. Questions and reflections or questions and responses. Responses, yeah. So um, I, I do think there is... I want to just say that I don't have any grandiose designs to answer mm-hmm. this thing, like put it away, settle it once and for all, tell right. you what you think. Yeah. But here's some things that your question provokes for me. Yeah. And I think it spurs spurs on the conversation mm-hmm. rather than closes it off, shuts it down. You yeah. can yeah. write this down, put it on your shelf. Yeah. You know. you know, I just read a book summary about a book, not to get us too far afield here, but I read a book summary about a book called Conversational Intelligence, and uh, the author talks about this. I want that. It's a great, it's a great book. Well, the, at, at least the summary said so. 
Uh, but she talks about how uh, there's different ways of uh, conversing, kind of like exchange. And then like the, the, the most distrustful way, I'm going to butcher it here uh, because I don't have it in front of me, but the most distrustful way is just the exchange of information. Um, and that's like Q&A. That's what maybe what most of us think of when we think of Q&A is like exchange of information. Here's what I know. What do you know? Right? We just exchange information. And then there's the exchange of power, which requires some trust, mm-hmm. where it's like we're, we're seeking to influence or persuade. Mm-hmm. And th- but she says the highest level uh, that, that we should uh, aspire to is uh, the exchange of energy and that it's less of a persuasive thing and more of a connecting thing. And so it's, it's share and discover rather than argue and persuade, rather than mm. inform and tell, share and discover. Anyway, I was reading that and I was like, you know, that's what we, that's kind of the, the posture we try to train people into in their leadership. So oh. they're in their leadership, they're not just telling people what to do or trying to persuade people to do things, but they're actually discovering something new together <laughs> in a conversation about what God is up to in their midst. This book should be in our uh, suggested readings for year three GLA. Then. We should. Yeah, we should be. It, it uh, also sounds like mm-hmm. uh, the devil's tool down the slippery slope to relativism. Uh, uh, well, I have some questions, <laughs> young man. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. It's not the only legitimate form of conversation. That's another uh, fascinating part of the book. All right. I think we've answered that. Depending on trust level. (laughs) So Uh, glad you wrote in this question. We do have a question from a friend of, it's been a long time friend of mine. His name's Rich. I believe he and his wife are uh, supporters of the podcast and of Gravity Leadership. And he writes this, it's been pretty funny that your podcasts have more than once, quote, read my mind. Just last week, I was having a bubbling up of questions and concerns about how to boil down the gospel that I've been slowly getting to understand over the last 12 years. Um, I think, Matt, you use the phrase to gospel, and it's what I am wanting to do more and more. Funny enough, I tuned into the podcast last week and listened to your interview with Matthew Bates about his book, Gospel Allegiance. Great podcast, by the way. It was. We, we did a couple of those with Matthew Bates. Uh-huh. So I heard about the book a couple days ago from our friend Thomas, who suggested we do a reading club small group discussion around it. Anyway, Thomas mm-hmm. and my discussion brought up the topic of the old Roman road. You know, string of passages. Romans 3.10, yeah. Romans 3.23, Romans 5.8. I think there's a Romans 10 passage in there, too. And it lays out the plan of salvation. Yeah, as right. I reflected later, I realized how formative these scriptures were in my youth. So much so, I really can't deprogram them from my understanding of the core of the gospel. Instead, I was wondering if you guys happen to know if someone has done the work of plotting a new line through the scriptures that can serve as a way to reshape the Romans road and or provide more signposts to children Mm. as they grow up into their understanding of the gospel. Mm. So what what Rich is asking is, uh, you know, he grew up with this boiled down distilled kind of plan of salvation, the Romans road, wages of sin is death, the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, right? Um, mm. You can't do anything about your evil. Right. Um, when we were yet enemies, Christ died for us. Uh, if, if you um, believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, you'll be saved. I mean, that's that's a yeah. real quick, off yeah. off the top of my which head. Which means avoid, yeah, which means avoid uh, going to the bad place, you get to go to the good place. Yeah. 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 Um, and so he's saying like, okay, if that's insufficient, mm-hmm. uh how do we train up our children to understand the story of the yeah. good news? Yeah. Because he's been, he used words like programmed. He's been programmed yeah. to, this is the entry level. This mm-hmm. is the zero entry for kids. Yeah. Yeah. And if it's not, then what is? What is? And I also hear him asking, is there a way, like the Romans Road sort of boiled it down? Like he used that phrase, I, I'd like to boil this down or find a, find a very... Um, it was very formative for him to understand the Romans road. So he's saying like, is there a way to, you know, rather than just have your kid listen to a four hour lecture on, you know, the history of uh, salvation and what that means in the Old Testament, you know what I mean? Like, are there, are there formative ways to help kids understand the gospel that could be maybe, you know, in, into adulthood as formative as the Romans road was for him? Yes. So let me let me try to give a summary of what I how I want to respond to this, and then we can unpack it. Let me see if I can do this. Um, I think, Rich, the gospel that you learned as a kid, the gospel that perhaps others of us who are listening also are familiar with, has been programmed into us. 
uh, started basically with the cross of Jesus mm-hmm. and our sin, and then and then yeah. explained started with a problem. It started with an event mm-hmm. and a problem. Yeah, and and then the gospel is how do how does God forgive people who don't deserve forgiveness? Mm-hmm. Uh, solution: the cross. Yeah, and then uh, response: um, confess and and believe yeah. and get baptized. So uh, you can get your sins forgiven. So yeah. that you're forgiven from sins and so that you you won't be Which eternally is, condemned. Right. right. Which is the thing that is uh, preventing you from uh, it's from, from salvation. Yes. It's now, the forgiveness, it's it's the guilt that you have about your sins. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah, and so uh, we could probably just spend the rest of our podcast uh, <laughs> talking about the weaknesses of that. I will, I will resist the temptation of doing that. Yeah. Well, It'll, Rich is saying like, you guys talk about this all the time. Yeah, we do. You know do. what I mean? Like we, we've we had do, multiple which, podcasts, and about it's this. huge and it's really important. Um, but I, I, yeah, I'd love to hear yeah, some of your reflections and think about it together. Like, how do you help kids into this new gospel? Maybe yeah. just like how? Would, <laughs> maybe even just summarize it. Yes. I mean, not to do a whole podcast episode on it, but if it's not, if that's not the gospel, what is? Yeah. Um. So let me just preface this by saying I'm still figuring this out. Mm-hmm. I'm doing experiments on my children. <laughs> I am. I mean, like yes. your question, Rich, is really important. But um, and I, there probably are resources that people have written that I'm just ignorant of. Yeah. Um, but I, I am experimenting with my kids on how to do this. So I'm just going to tell you what I'm trying and what occurs to me and what I'm learning, and uh, hopefully this spurs uh, thoughts for you and others, and then we could have a more generative conversation later. Um, but I, I tend to start with. Uh, the big story of Scripture with my kids. Mm. Um, I tend to start with uh, creation and what God, how God created us, and what we're made for. And then uh, I start with the big story of Scripture. I start with our actual life with my kids, mm-hmm. um, and then I tie their actual life into the big story of Scripture. Those are the three moves that I do. To gospel my kids, mm-hmm. so maybe I can, maybe I can hang a story on that. Or you have questions about that? Yeah, um, yeah, I think you can hang a story on it. It, I mean, yes. Let, let's uh, tell a story about how that worked. So I'm, I'm hearing you say it's, it's about the big story of the gospel, which, uh, yeah, and, the, and it's the about good, your kids' lives. Yeah, the good news is includes the cross, mm-hmm. but it can't be collapsed into the cross. Mm-hmm. So the cross only makes sense inside of a larger story mm-hmm. that pivots yeah. around the cross. Right. So creation, the fact that we were created by God for love, that's good news. The fact that we that's are created to be in the presence of God mm-hmm. and for him to uh, that we are, we have created goodness and dignity and worth that we have that that God didn't create um, minions or mm-hmm. slaves, but he created actual like kings and queens. Mm-hmm. Like the image of creation in the garden is you know, kings would set up images and icons around their realm as sort of a representation and a reminder of their rule. Well, God's God's icon of His rule is humans, yeah. is male and female, mm-hmm. and so uh, in in Adam and Eve are archetypal humans. So it's not just the kings that image the mm-hmm. God, mm-hmm. but it's it's humanity. So God's chosen to um, for us to be living icons of His goodness, beauty, truth, glory. Yeah. And love, and that there's a calling, a vocation in that, mm-hmm. that where we live out of love, and we move in the world with significance, mm-hmm. knowing that we're safe mm-hmm. and belonging to the Lord. So we yeah. talk about this in our training a lot. That we have, we have been created to draw our significance, belonging, and safety or security from God. Yeah. And what happens uh, in this wonderful story in the garden is that. Um, we all those things get compromised, right? And what happens is we lose access to God's presence, and we begin to have to hustle and try to create significance, create security, create belonging, mm. rather than live in the gift of it. Yeah. Um, and so then the Jesus story, why Jesus climaxes and culminates the story of Israel mm-hmm. and the story of of God, is that in Jesus we see. God becoming human to rewrite the story of humanity, of someone who lives fully in the presence of God, 
uh, as God <laughs> and human, yeah. with with no doubts about his security, yeah. no doubts about his belonging, mm-hmm. and no doubts about his significance. Yeah. Right? And not just as an example to us to say, oh, look there, it's possible, but uh, to, in the incarnation, um, actually create the possibility of human flesh dwelling in the presence of God and being redeemed in that way. Okay, so now we're, we're like talking like <laughs> master's level here. So this is how it works out with my kids, because I don't, um, I, I have told the story, the creation story, what you're created for, um, and how Jesus uh, provides these things for us as we trust him as Lord. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it works out like this. And this this just happened this morning. So my son is uh, in advanced math, double advanced math, and he's in oh, wow. double advanced English uh and he's a, he's Double a smart. Advanced. He's a, yeah right. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know they did that kind of thing. They these do days. that. Yeah, my there's a, a special older. bumper sticker for my car <laughs> to taunt my kids in double advanced math. <laughs> uh, no, it's um, I don't okay. you know I don't talk about it much, but it, it pertains. <laughs> yeah. No, it's okay. Go it pertains ahead. to uh, what happened this morning. So he he tried out for the math bowl this week, which is like a competitive math team that'll mm-hmm. compete with other fifth mm-hmm. grades around you know our county yeah and uh he he really wants to be in math bowl mm-hmm. like half the kids there their parents made him come <laughs> and he he chose to be there and he right. wants to do this yeah. but there was one question on the test that he he struggled he was the last person out of the math bowl audition Ooh. and uh i was chatting about talking to him about it audition that's what i call it okay. because i <laughs> at one point owned a dance background. belt and did musical theater <laughs> so um he was a little he has he had some um, consternation about it. He was a little mm-hmm. like uh, driving him home, and he's mm-hmm. like, "Yeah, I, I really want to get it, but this one question." And he's like, "Explain the question to me." And his math is already way beyond my yeah. math. Yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, so that's happening, and then they're doing like standardized testing. Uh-huh. And he has he finds out if he's getting in math pool today. Yeah. And he takes his standardized test for math today. Yeah. Okay. So he's sitting at the table, and uh, he loves to take math tests, probably yeah. because, well, I'll get to that. So anyway, <laughs> we do, um, what are you hopeful for today, Deacon? What are you thankful for? This is a conversation we have uh, every day, or most days. And he said, you know, I'm really thankful, I'm hopeful that I get on the math bowl, and I'm hopeful that I, I'm thankful I get to take a math test. Cause, mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, dude, those are like two of your favorite things. And immediately, um, I, I, I've know, I know my son, and I know... Like, he's been created to move out into the world with his competencies and capacities and experience blessedness, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So, he, like everyone else, has been made to to produce or accomplish something that furthers God's yeah. plan for the world to flourish. Yes. The the temptation... Blesses and serves others. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so, right now, as an 11-year-old, uh, it's arithmetic. Yeah. <laughs> and other things, too, yeah. but he's a great get the right kid. answer on this test. Right. Teacher's happy. It's great. But he's yeah. like everyone else in that um, what what we're good at becomes what we're in bondage to. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so that it becomes idolatry. Right. It, another way to say it is um, we attach our joy, hope, significance, worth, mm-hmm. value to something that we're good at. Mm-hmm. And then if we fail at it, we feel like a failure. Yeah. Okay. So this is a he's having a chi- this is so I brought that kairos to him. I mm-hmm. said I, I said yeah you really care about this don't you? He's like yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, and I began to describe that um, began to name that that it, uh, I forget how this went. I probably should have thought about this before we start talking. <laughs> at at some point we I I just named and said. Mm-hmm. Um, you're really good at this, and so it's easy to attach your joy and identity to it, so that if you are successful, you feel good about yourself, and if you fail here, you feel bad about yourself. And he was like, yeah, totally. And I was like, this, this is a moment uh, where Jesus wants to teach you to trust him, Yeah. right? Um, because his, 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 um, his hope for you is that you would be free to enjoy math mm-hmm. out of a deep sense that you have value and worth and significance mm-hmm. so that whether you get a hundred or an 89% on this math test, mm-hmm. that it doesn't affect who you are Yeah, because who you are is settled yeah. because you love and trust Jesus. Yeah, And he was getting that. 
right? He was getting that. And I mm-hmm. said, this is, and he was like, does this, is this everybody? Like, does everybody struggle with this? And I was like, yeah, we watched a basketball game last night. I said, imagine these basketball players, these college basketball players, they have mm-hmm. 15,000 people watching them. Mm-hmm. And every time they make a mistake, they get booed. Mm-hmm. And every time they do something amazing, they, they cheer. I said, imagine if people were cheering and booing you as you took a math test. Imagine how much pressure you'd feel, mm-hmm. but how much like, uh, how serious it would become for you to really do well. And he's mm-hmm. like, yeah, that's that would be, wow. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's like, I, I wonder if LeBron struggles with this. <laughs> and I was like, well, I, 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 we all do, right? Yeah. We all do. Yeah. And, I, and I was able to say, name it as idolatry. Mm-hmm. And I was able to proclaim that um, your desire and need to feel significant and mm-hmm. that you have worth to bring in the world is a created need given to you by God. Mm-hmm. The temptation is to attach it to things, yeah. that um, to, quote, worship things, yeah. that can never give you your identity mm-hmm. and the belonging and the significance that yeah. you've been created for. Yeah. The, only, the only reality that can give you that significance is God's presence and power in your life through the Holy Spirit as you follow Jesus. Yeah. So... So I guess I guess then I don't know Ben if you have thoughts about that. I mean, yeah. Well, the the thing that strikes me is that it's not the Romans road. You know what I mean? Like it's not a um it's not a collection of bible passages that you can sort of teach your kid abstractly. Uh and there may be some there may be some value in that. Um but I think that what you're describing is going to be more formative for our kids uh than only giving them some sort of, uh, you know, new Romans road, so to speak. Uh, and so uh, part of what I'm hearing is like, I, I imagine that there may be important phrases and important scriptures that emerge for your son out of your conversations with him as you kind of take, as, as the parent who knows a lot more about this, as you take the grand story of scripture and and the gospel, and then you help your son uh, find places in his own life where he's not believing it, mm-hmm. so to speak. You know what I mean? Like where he's not trusting Jesus, where it's like, oh, wow, this is, this is evident here that, um, you know, your temptation here is to trust your math skills to give you worth and value. And so, um, so anyway, so I was just going to Point that out that I think I did. I think we 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 want something like the Romans Road, yeah. But I don't think anything replaces us being able to sort of out of the soil of our children's lives and the people we disciple and people we talk to. That's where I think rather than having an abstract picture of the gospel and then trying to apply it yep. to my life from yep. the top down, there's a bottom up yep. sort of bubbling up of, and this is what we train people to do in Gravity Leadership Academy. Yep. Like we do, we notice those places in us. Why does this bother me so much? Why am I so excited about this? Yep. Why am I nervous about this? We notice those places, and those places become places where we can hear good news that's concrete yeah. and specific yeah. for us. And I think from that place, then maybe we could expand things into, you know, a, a pithy statement or you know a few sentences that yes. might be helpful for. To train our kids, because that kind of stuff is helpful, too. Yes, so the, the difference is, this isn't an abstract truth that you apply to your life. Yeah. But rather, so this is this is our axioms. If you haven't listened to our axiom podcasts, we lay yeah. them out there. But yeah. God is present in that work in my 11-year-old's life. He's right. baptized, yeah. so I trust that he's in the covenant community, he's a part of God's church yeah. um, in Christ. And uh, I don't have to make something happen in his discipleship to kickstart it. Yeah, but rather God's presently working in His life by His Holy Spirit mm-hmm. uh, through Christ, that uh, and I get to name that for Him. Yeah. So rather than explain how the cross works, which mm-hmm. we've done a couple times, sure. My primary task is to bear witness to God's work in bad times and in good times and call my son into trusting Jesus more there. Yeah. So this is, for me, uh, how I'm primarily discipling my kids. Mm-hmm. Primarily. Yeah. Um, yeah, and out of that, I mean, I, I'm just reflecting on a big part of our training in Gravity Leadership Academy is we do train people to recognize where bad, we call it bad news, is at work in our lives. You named it as idolatry. Where are these places where we're looking for our deepest needs to be met through creation, relationships, something other than 
you know, from God. Yeah, this happened last weekend. Can I? I mean, I'll share this. He had to uh, leave. Sure. He had to leave a birthday party early. Mm-hmm. And have I shared this with you? I don't he, think so. I don't he had to leave this. a birthday party early. We wouldn't let him spend the night because he's eleven years old, and um, nothing good happens after eleven p.m. with eleven-year-olds. <laughs> uh, and in fact, later we found out that this group of eleven-year-olds watched. Uh, Step Brothers. Oh, nice. <laughs> like after yeah. my son left, and I was like, well, We made a good decision. <laughs> probably a good call. He didn't spend the night. Anyway, he, um, they, they went to play. We have this place called Top Golf. They went to play Top Golf, uh-huh. and they had to leave early because my son was leaving early. And then they uh-huh. went back to the house, and they were playing a game, and my son got injured, and they had to stop playing what they were playing. My son forgot his best friend's present in my back car. Mm. So his best friend opened all these gifts that all the other kids had brought to the birthday and my son didn't have his mm-hmm. gift. Mm-hmm. And then he had to leave early and everyone else was staying the night. Mm-hmm. So I pick him up, 9.30. Or, uh, he's like, Dad, go get the gift out of the car. So I went and got the gift. He gave it to his friend. And then uh, he gets in the car. I'm like, how was it, buddy? And he just broke down in tears. Oh, man. Just started crying. Mm-hmm. Well, we had to leave early and I got hurt and I felt embarrassed. And, and then I had a gift and an I can't believe I forgot the gift and I felt embarrassed and then I have to leave early and that's just embarrassing. Mm-hmm. And um, I think 10 years ago, uh, I would have tried to talk him out of his sadness. Buck up. Well, just pep, talk, okay. just pep talk. Just pep talk. You yeah. know what I mean? Uh, or or I would have maybe tried to make it better by acquiescing. Well, let me, let me call your mom and see if you can spend the night. You yeah. know, yeah, that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. And what I'm learning is like when when my kids are in touch with Sadness, brokenness, evil, fear, guilt, mm-hmm. um, death, destruction, woundedness, yeah. hurt, mm-hmm. pain. When they're in touch with things that won't be present in the new creation, mm-hmm. and those things bother them, yeah. it's a sign that they are experiencing the reality and beauty of the kingdom in a converse way. Yeah. Meaning, when sad things make you sad, they should make you sad. Right. There's a reason it hurts. There's a reason Jesus doesn't laugh at Lazarus' tomb. Yeah. Right? So so I, I'm learning how to just bear witness to what's bothering him mm-hmm. in a way that involves it in the story of God. Yeah. So what I said last Saturday was, I'm so sorry, buddy. Mm-hmm. You're, you're experiencing shame. Yeah. And shame sucks. Yeah. Here's why shame sucks. Shame says you don't belong. Mm-hmm. There's something wrong with you. Yeah, nobody's gonna like you because there's something wrong with you, mm-hmm. and and because you don't belong, and you're gonna you're gonna be an outsider, mm-hmm. and you're always gonna be alone. Yeah, does any of that sound familiar? He's like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. and he's just crying, mm-hmm. and I was able to declare good news, which yeah. is you're not created for that. Yeah. These events are lying to you about who you are and who God is, and who you are because of who God is, mm-hmm. and um, here's the reality of who you are. Right? And this is why this hurts so bad. Yeah. Because it violates your created purpose and goodness. Yeah. And what Jesus wants for you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just declare that to him and then I, and I let, us, let him cry. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, he cried for 10 minutes and we, were, we, we like sat with his pain. Yes, that sucks. Mm-hmm. By the 10 minute drive home, he had stopped crying, but he came in at 9 30. And my wife was there. How'd it go, buddy? Cried again. Yeah, she yeah. did the same thing. Yeah. You know, she proclaims good news to him, yeah. right? The next day, we debrief a bit more. And, and like, I had three chances to, to use uh, what Rich reminded me, I say, to gospel my son. Yeah. Shame sucks. Yeah. This is shame. Yeah. You haven't been created for shame. Yeah. Here's what heals our shame. Mm-hmm. You trusting the love of God yeah. as communicated through your family, your parents, the church, Jesus. Yeah. All that, yeah. And here's how you can trust it. Yeah. So rather than seeing his crying as a, uh, you know, like this annoying thing that you should fix, you know, that that you know, he wouldn't that you be cr- need to change, or he wouldn't be crying if I was a better discipler of my kids, yeah. or or you experience, you know, you would yeah, have the shame of totally your kid crying. right. Oh, yeah, my yeah. kids crying, and uh, you know, yeah. and uh, means I'm a bad discipler, or yeah. he's not really following yeah. Jesus. Yeah, I found that to be a really key thing as well. Um, I think my instinct. As a parent, uh, I, part of the bad news that runs my life is that um, I need to be useful. I need to be. I need to make a difference. I, like I read, uh, I'm an Enneagram one, and uh, I read uh, in the any a thought of the day. Those little emails they send. Yeah, I unsubscribe from that. 
because whoever writes them, they're... Uh... <laughs> oh, because I subscribe to uh, almost all the numbers just because I'm curious about them. So <laughs> why don't I just send you the Enneagram 4 version every morning? Because I get it. I get it every morning. Uh, anyway, so if you... Uh, we'll put a link in the show notes. I was, talk- a, I was talking to Enneagram 1 yesterday, uh-huh. and, uh, and he was like, you know what bothers me? When somebody knows the right thing to do and just refuses to do it. <laughs> Yeah, and he even like dropped the f bomb. Yeah, and this is this guy's a he's a Christian. Yeah, you know. Yeah, he doesn't. So you could tell he was. Uh, you could tell he miffed. was really mad. He's yeah, yeah. like, uh, anyway. So I I, I know the right true. thing to do, Ben. Yeah, uh, subscribing to those emails. Yeah, <laughs> why aren't you subscribe? Let me help you. <laughs> um. So anyway, so that's part of the bad news that runs my life. The other day, uh, the Enya thought uh, came through, and I, I've seen this one before. Um, but it never hit me like it did the other day where it said like, you know, as a child, did you feel like you had to justify your existence? And like, it, it just hit me, uh, because I, I realized like that I'm starting to get in touch with the fact that that's still in a lot of social situations that feels so true to me. Yeah. Like I have to be useful, helpful. I have to. I have to be able to make a difference here. Yes. I can't just be here if I'm weak or if I'm ineffective yes. or if I'm not teaching or yes. educating or doing something like helpful for people. Like yes. I can't be here. Yes. So this so, is, so like like 14-year-old Ben. Uh-huh. Um let's just picture him. <laughs> acne. I didn't, I never had beginning acne. to have weird body odors. Probably true. Gang yeah. gang Probably true. a little gangly. Uh, Did you grow a mustache? No, no, no. Oh. When I was, I had a, I had a full beard though when I was sixteen. <laughs> <laughs> this is the good most, sternky jeans. Most, most of high school, I had a goatee, a goatee back then. No, I mean you were raised in a Christian home, and yeah. like you had probably uh, heard about and um, assented to, and could repeat with some alacrity, sure, like justification by faith. Yeah, I understood grace. Right. Yeah. Um, but here's the deal, everybody. Listen, like when we tell our kids, you're justified by faith, and they memorize it and they believe it, it doesn't touch at all the schemes and hustles we use to justify ourselves apart from faith. Yeah. Each it's, of it's us... It's an abstract theological concept. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, I don't have any problem teaching my kids, my kids knowing abstract theological concepts, but we are fooling ourselves yeah. if we think... Adults can't even do this. Yeah. Adults can't even I mean, attach yeah. abstract concepts to our tangible, concrete lives. Yes. Kids, there's no way they can. Yeah. And so, like, what you're just saying is, <clears throat> I was justified by my utility. Yeah. Right? My which, whole life. Yeah. Which, which, friends, is a spiritual condition that's untouched by the abstract doctrine of justification by yeah. faith. Yeah. Right? Right. My son is the same way. He mm-hmm. just, he has, he feels like there's pressure anytime he, like, feels like he can't live up to his own expectations that he's mm-hmm. projected on other people. They, mm-hmm. That's what they expect of me. Yeah. Uh, it, it, which is ridiculous because he's, like I said, he's super smart, so he usually can perform. But that, That's part of the trap. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Most, it works so good. Most of the time, people do appreciate my utility. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you are uh, competent. Uh, yeah. I've, I've learned this is how I make my way through life. Yes. Is I can be good at things and people like that. So this... So here's, here's why I can be here. Yeah. So, yeah. so um, I was going to make this point, but I feel like this is a more important point. Like we focus with our kids on... Um, and I think this, this challenges both sort of the progressive secular notion of self-esteem and mm-hmm. also the more religious conservative thing of moralism, yeah. which is like we focus on as long as Ben isn't like, um, you know, saying the S word and um, smoking uh, cigarettes and uh, drinking right. and uh, getting to third base with his girlfriend, like as long as none of that's happening, mm-hmm. um, then he's good. Morally, right, right, as a kid, yeah, and partic- in particular, when when you're good at being good, mm-hmm. it becomes this moralistic prison, yeah, right, because your identity is attached to your goodness, yeah, right, yeah. which uh, you know self esteem sort of pumps up, but also this aversion to being seen as bad. You don't yeah. want to be seen as bad, right, right. Yeah. And my son's the same way, and so a lot of my discipling with my son is, um, uh, if you are enslaved. To your goodness, yeah, it, it will kill you. Yeah, if you're not free to, if you're not free to make a mistake, if you're not free to, uh, you know, be bad, you know what I mean, and and own it, then then you will be a slave to that. Yeah. So. Yeah. 
This podcast is brought to you by Gravity Leadership Academy, our 10-month online training intensive for Christian leaders who want to root their life and leadership in God's love and bring lasting transformation to their culture. In Gravity Leadership Academy, you'll learn the real-life practicalities of how to notice God's presence and activity in and around you, so you can participate more fully in God's life and mission, and open up space for those around you to do so too. We've worked really hard to make this training in missional leadership practical and doable. To find out more about Gravity Leadership Academy, visit gravityleadership.com academy. Uh, I was, uh, I was realizing, I wanted to make a point too, oh. um, that the reason I brought that up about uh, me being an Enneagram One is I think my approach to parenting has been the same. I need to be helpful, useful, yeah, of utility say, for my this. kids. I've heard you right? say this, yeah. So I need to be able to make a difference for whatever they're struggling with. So if they're sad, I need to be able to say something to get them out of their sadness. If they're angry, I need to shut that down because that's, not, that's no good. And yeah. if I am powerless to do that, I've recognized that there's a there's a shame that kind of takes over where I like I withdraw. I'm like, well, I, I obviously I'm not making a difference here, so I might as yeah. well just yeah. go do something else. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, that kind of thing. So it's made a lot of difference for me to, uh, like we said, to be able to remind myself that my presence matters with my kids, not not my utility to you know yeah. help them through a problem, but my presence with them and to bear witness to their pain. Uh, in that in that kind of inverse kind of uh, counterintuitive way to yeah. say actually good news is at work in your life because something that is bad is hurting you. Yeah, that means you're tuned into yeah. the fact that this is unjust. Yeah, which means you're, you're tuned into ju- God's justice. Yes, there's a reason it hurts, and to bear witness to that um, in our in our kids' lives is is so important. Yeah, it's really really important for yeah, them. Yeah, 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 and and. Part, so part of the schema that we've uh, developed in Gravity Leadership Academy to talk about the bad news, and, and this maybe is a, uh, this is as systematic as I think we get, and it has been really helpful for me. So I just want to mention it for Rich and for, you know, anybody else who's still listening uh, to the podcast. But um, we talk about the fact that we have these deep needs as humans for belonging, security, and significance. We all need to know as human beings that we belong that, that there is a place for us, that there is a community of people, that there are other people who will look at us and say, I'm glad you're here, and you can, there's, nothing, there's, a, there's nothing you need to do to be welcome here except just be here. Thank you for being here. I'm glad you're here. It's so good to see you. We all need that. And that's why it hurt your son so bad mm-hmm. to feel the shame of feeling like I'm not like the other kids and I don't get to yes. belong shame, in the same way. Shame is a lie. I don't belong. Yeah. So shame is the lie that I don't belong. So belonging, we all have a deep need for security to know that we are safe, to know that everything is going to be okay. Yeah. You know? And we all have a deep need to know, for, to know that we matter, that there is a significance about us, that we have uh, capacity and power to move out into the world and for our actions to bless and serve other people yeah. um, and to contribute to the goodness of the world yeah. and, to, and to society. So we, we all have those deep needs, and that, is, that, that for me has been a system, if you want to use it as a system, it's not a string of Bible verses, but that has been um, a, I guess, a, a, just a system of thought that's helped me to get in touch with what's going on here. Yeah. You know, for myself, right? You know, like I, I realized, like my, like I had to just my justify my existence. That's a crisis of significance. Yes, that's a crisis for me to say, I don't feel like I matter unless I'm making an obvious difference to 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 other people. Yes, yeah, so we, yes, I do know. So we tied um, shame to belonging, mm-hmm. and let me just mention the other two. Yeah, uh, like this. Um, what you mentioned is like um, the sign- I'm created for significance, yeah. and if if I can't help my kids, yeah. then my significance is compromised. Yeah. I've so significance is tied to guilt, which is I haven't done enough, mm-hmm. yeah. or I've done the wrong thing. Yeah. So what I did is bad, mm-hmm. or I didn't do anything, and that's bad, mm-hmm. right? And so for you, it's I didn't do anything, that's bad. Or if you try yeah. something and it doesn't work, I did the wrong thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So guilt in, then is is what compromises our our significance, our ability to accomplish and move out in the world mm-hmm. for good. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And then safety and security is this um, is fear. Yeah. It's the fear of not having enough. Yeah. Or not 
having protection and provision. Yeah. So so security is provision, and yes. uh, safety is protection. Mm-hmm. Um, and so fear, guilt, and shame. Yes. Then uh, just another way I disciple my kids is um I I my like my right hand in parenting is using fear, guilt, and shame to get my kids to do what I want. Mm-hmm. Like that's what comes out of my body. Or to to put it like in the best terms possible, <laughs> to do what's good for them. You know what I mean? To get them to, oh, yeah. I've got to get yep. them to be righteous and right. to do the stop, right thing. Stop fighting with your sister. What right. what do I employ to get you, you to just, do that? Right. Because right? it's a good thing. So, but yeah. I'm but make, the irony is we're using fear, guilt, and shame, these, you know, these evidences that we're trusting the wrong thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I think that there are, so there's health so there's healthy expressions of fear, guilt, and shame. Mm-hmm. So if I do something that's dishonorable, that hurts other people, and I feel distance from them because of that, yeah, like uh, it's good to feel shame about that, right? It's good yeah. to it's good to experience the shame of I have compromised this relationship. Yeah, if I steal something from a store, and I don't have guilt about that, like it's, it's a, a big it's, problem. It's a big problem, yeah, right? Yeah. If I am, um, if I take my daughter. Uh, onto the roof, and I'm throwing her up and down, and I'm not, I don't have a fear that maybe this could hurt her. Yeah, that's that's a problem. Yeah. So so fear, guilt, and shame are actually um, are actually signposts that we are that we need to turn and and come back into the presence of God. Mm-hmm. The problem is, is when uh, there are also the things that, and this is part of the big story. There are also the things that Jesus. Resolves mm-hmm. and re- and and solves yes. in his uh, life, death, resurrection, ascension, yeah. and the giving of the Spirit. Yeah. And if you notice, uh, fear, guilt, and shame be- are are the things that God's presence is constantly interacting with and overcoming throughout the Scriptures. Mm-hmm. Do not be afraid. It's like the thing he says over and over and over yeah. to everybody. Yeah, it's um, like his catchphrase. It is God's his ca- catchphrase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> If he had a hype man, that's what he would be saying. Do not be afraid. No fear here. No fear here. Yeah. Um, hey, mm-hmm. I could be God's hype man. Yeah. Um, so all that to say, Fly for the, job. the problem becomes when I employ mm. or use the things that the gospel, the good news about Jesus says that Jesus resolves our fear, guilt, and shame as we mm-hmm. trust him. But when I use the things in parenting that Jesus has resolved, as, as motivations for my kids to do the right thing. Or just out of my own crap. Right. You know what I mean? I just want some peace and quiet. Just, just leave me alone for yeah. a bit. <laughs> I want an adult for like two seconds. Um, that I am actually, an, I'm, I'm actually um, anti-gospeling my kids. Right. I'm teaching them to mm-hmm. move and motivate out of the center of shame mm-hmm. or guilt or fear yep. rather than learning to trust the love of God revealed in Jesus. Mm-hmm. As the center and core of their heart, desire, want, yeah. motivation. Yeah. So, uh, just another thing: like, if my kids are experiencing shame, guilt, and fear, um, I'm 43, and I miss how that stuff runs in my life. I right. was probably in my 30s before I was able to name mm-hmm. most of that. Yeah. So, part of the way I gospel my kids is I just say, "That's fear," mm-hmm. and that's that's a tool of the enemy mm-hmm. that will destroy your soul. Yeah. Like that, you aren't created to live in fear. Yeah, yeah. And and just give them, help them identify. Yeah. The places of their life, and and then the message isn't well. You better stop being afraid, so right. so God can draw near you. <laughs> the the, the yeah. message is in that fear. The reason you can perceive it, the reason I'm naming it, is because God is with you. Yeah. Right here. Yeah. And He wants to help you trust Him. Yeah. And and he's yeah he, the the gospel is like you already have the thing that your fear is trying to encourage you to move toward you know what I mean we're so, afraid because we don't think we have it yeah the gospel is typically you've got it the so, Lord is near yeah, yeah 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 so so my son uh, there's like guilt and shame at work mm-hmm. my daughter is kind of shameless <laughs> like she, yeah. um she's beautiful and she's wonderful but like her one of her proclivities is she lies to us a lot mm-hmm. did you brush your teeth yes. Mm-hmm. Let me smell your breath. <laughs> no, you know, I brushed them. Let me smell your breath. You know, these yeah, kinds yeah, of things yeah. over and over. Yeah. She's also got a drawer full of like gum, chapstick, flashlights, knives. <laughs> <laughs> little, little things Tw- that she's collected. $20 bills. Yeah, that uh, she knows are illicit. illicit yeah, she uh, has illicit contraband, contraband <laughs> hidden all over her room. So she yeah. tends to like lie mm-hmm. and steal, like ferret things away. Mm-hmm. And it's not, 
uh, she's not a malicious kid. Right. She does these things without thinking. They're like, they're like uh, reflexive things, yeah. right? Yeah. And uh, I find in my body, like I want to power up on her, yeah. and like, and how like, dare you lie to me? He, well, just lower the punishment boom. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Now there are consequences for her lying. Yeah. But I'm learning to say things like, <sighs> Celeste. How would you feel if I lied to you? Mm-hmm. If I told you we could go on a date tomorrow and then when you woke up said I lied, that's not true. How would you feel about that? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And she says, bad. Mm-hmm. And I say, well, it's because we can't love each other unless there's honesty and truth. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. I would be violating love if I lied to you repeatedly. Yeah. And I said, I want, there's no love without trust. Mm-hmm. You want to trust me, because if you can't trust me, you can't love me, and I want to trust you. Mm-hmm. So, like, the good news for her is it's safe to tell us the truth, yeah. It's and you will be provided for. Yes. That fear you have, right. that you won't have enough, that if you don't hide this chapstick in your drawer, your lips may be chapped in 2024, and you won't have any chapstick for right. them, yeah. like, we will take care of you. Yeah. If you tell us what you need. Mm-hmm. We will take care of you. Yeah. And so I tell her this every night when she goes to bed. Mm-hmm. I just say, you will be provided for. It's our joy to take care of you. Yeah. You can trust that you have enough. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And and I, I feel like that does better work than grounding her for two weeks when she steals yeah. something. It also, uh, I think it's interesting that your kids have such different, you know, you talked about totally your son. Totally different. Guilt, guilt and shame are a big deal for your son. But for your daughter, fears fears a bigger deal. Yes, and so she needs she the gospel she needs has to, has to speak directly to her fear. Whereas if you tried to proclaim that gospel to your son, it'd be like that's fine. I, I, I get it. I get it. You know, no no problem. I don't steal things. I don't lie to you. Right. You know, it's like uh, I know you're going to take care of me. Yeah. I assume that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's not as powerful because it doesn't speak right to whatever's going on in their little lives right now. Yes. You know, one other thing I noticed about my daughter. Um, mm-hmm. I hope this is helpful. Like, I hope these little granular stories are helpful. But we were eating uh, dinner about a month ago, and we were having soup. And uh-huh. um, as as you do, as you do, Indiana and Indiana hashtag soup in it. Yeah. And uh, probably have soup in all states. My daughter has this aversion to pain. Mm-hmm. So if my wife and I are having an argument, um, she tries to change the subject. She tries to cheer us both up. Like she does not deal well with conflict. This is why, like, addressing her lying and stealing, she doesn't want to reckon with wrong or bad or anything. Yeah, yeah. So, um, this is, like, the flip side of her joyful, Mm -hmm. always pretending, creating, Mm -hmm. always inventing something new to do for fun. This is, like, the flip side of that is we don't deal with pain. We don't deal with bad (laughs) things at all. So, anyway, she she may be a little Enneagram 7, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, she picks up a spoon of this soup, and, like, you know, we're just eating and, like, beginning conversation. I'm not looking at her. And all of a sudden, I hear this spoon drop on the table and like soup splatters on the table. And my first impulse, of course, because I'm uh, I'm the be- world's best dad, is to go, what are you doing? Why are you spilling soup everywhere? You know what I mean? Like I, inside of me, I'm just like, what? And I think Stop I, eating soup bad. I think, <laughs> I think I was, I think I actually go, I actually went, Celeste. Yeah. And um, I saw in her eyes, like her lip tremble, like micro tremble. Mm-hmm. And she goes, the soup is hot. And I said, oh, did it, did it burn you? She goes, mm-mm. And then she like bit her lower lip with her up like teeth. And I could tell she was moving her tongue in her mouth. And um, she started to tell a story from school and picked up her spoon and we put an ice cube in her soup. And uh, I've seen this about 600 times. Hmm. And I went over to her I didn't say anything. I just went over to her and I put my hand on her back and I began to rub it. And I said, sweetheart, that burned your tongue, didn't it? And she just nodded her head. And then I said, it's okay for you to tell us when you're hurting. Mm. And she just started crying. Mm. And like, I just sat there with her and like I was crying because I realized like in that moment if if my daughter can't learn from me and her mom that that we can handle your pain yeah that your hurt and pain aren't too much for us mm-hmm. 
then any faith she has will necessarily be in the safe, happy, uh, untouched by hurt places in her life. Yeah. Because those are just walled off to any intimacy, any mm-hmm. love, yeah. any connection with uh, a human or God, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So, like, uh, so the way I'm gospeling her, at least one of the ways, mm-hmm. other than the lying and stealing, <laughs> is, is to let her know that uh, the people who love her the most can handle her pain. Yeah. Including yeah. God. Yeah. Right? right. Um, now that, I know that seems like, that's so different from my son. Yeah. Right? So different from yeah. my son. Different needs. Different yeah. needs. But I, I am starting there, mm-hmm. and then, and then on, on the way, tying in all the Romans Road stuff as we go, which is hard for me because... It's it's taken me a lot of time to practice doing what we're doing mm-hmm. with our kids, like right where they're at. Like yeah, that moment yeah. was a gospel moment yeah. for my daughter, yeah. and I I've missed it dozens of times. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, oh, I guess she's fine. Or wow, she really has a high pain tolerance. Like those are the things I tell myself. <laughs> yeah. Wow, you're that's really great. I wish my son had a higher pain tolerance. He wouldn't cry all the time. You know what I mean? Like I I, I do these things inside. Yeah, yeah. But I, I guess I guess then 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 I guess Rich maybe a way to wrap this up or mm-hmm. one of the ways is to say like. Um. The, the pain you're feeling isn't too much for me. And if you, if, if you don't let people into your pain, you'll never experience love from them either. Mm-hmm. We can't decide. We can't, we can't if, if pain and hurt are walled off from intimacy, mm-hmm. then also... Everything else vulnerable everything, is Everything as well. else vulnerable is yeah. as well. Yeah. And so like, uh, it's sort of like, do you know God loves you? You know, for my daughter, it's I'm learning God loves me mm-hmm. by becoming vulnerable in my pain. Yeah, that that's how we experience and yeah. learn to trust God's love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. I I, uh, <clears throat> I one of the other subtexts here as well. Just right as we uh, at, uh, close, uh, is that I think one of the one of the best ways to do this is not just to gospel our kids um, from their perspective and their pain but also to model how to respond to these things yes. in our own lives. So in appropriate ways, obviously you can't share everything with your kids, but like in appropriate ways, like I apologize. If I, if I have done something that, you know, <laughs> and my, uh, my, my 14-year-old daughter calls me out on this all the time, um, where she, I have instructed her on how relationships work, you know, in some, in some way in the, in the past. And like if I violate that, she brings it up. And she'll be like, Dad, you told me that, you know, that this is how relationships should work, and but this is what you said to me. Yeah. You know, and so I'm, <laughs> I'm always like, oh, she's exactly right. She's exactly right. She did this in the, in the car the other day. I can't remember the, the exact issue. But anyway, so all that to say, like, I, I think there's part of it for us to, to apologize to our kids, yeah. to uh, tell them that you know we we wrestle with these things as well and to share our basically share our life in uh, of faith with our kids so they can see yeah. not just how God is at work in their life but like oh God's at work in in dad's life too God's at work in mom's life as well yeah and um that that also i think gives them permission and a vision yes uh, for surrendering to that in their own lives yes hearing that good news so you know with my two kids pay attention to how they deal with badness do they argue that they're not mm-hmm. wrong mm-hmm. do they lie yeah. that they didn't do it right you know these these are gospel moments i think yeah so i don't know those are some initial thoughts yeah things we're learning things we're trying um i i'd still i'd still love to become more maybe intentional about not just training as we go but teaching these insights that people like Matthew Bates mm-hmm. and others are teaching us about this larger story yeah. and giving allegiance to Jesus as Lord. Yeah. I, I'd love to work more systematically on how to teach that to our kids. Yeah. I think that's really important. Yeah. So if you know of resources or things have worked for you or mm. been beneficial to you, please reach out, let us know. We'll share that. Maybe we'll yeah. have you on if you've written something. Yeah, that would be great. And you know, I thought of the Bible project videos. Oh, those are good. Those are good to kind of tether cuz a lot of what we talked about is like like gospel statements like your mom and I are going to take care of you and you know that kind of thing. Yep. But I I do think there there's something really valuable for our kids in terms of allowing then a story from scripture 
to be like, see, this is Jesus doing that thing that he did for you the other day for this woman at the yes. well. You know, like there, there's, you know, tying that so that their reading of the scriptures and their participation in the, the church uh, can be tethered to this good news that mom and dad told me when I was little. Yes. So they can kind of understand how it's all connected. I'm, no, I'm noticing too that the, so we're kind of teaching, kind of parenting with a biblical theology, mm-hmm. kind of like a overarching frame. Yeah. I find that when, uh, just, just, I just thought of this. When my kids are in like uh, Sunday school and they hear a, a Bible story and a kids ministry, mm-hmm. teachers tell me like your kid knows the Bible really well. Mm. And let me just give like a real quick. We've read the Jesus Storybook Bible to our oldest kid yeah. until he was about six, and he was like, "I've heard these stories sixteen times." Like <laughs> Over it. Uh, I don't. We have seasons where we read scriptures to our kids, but mm-hmm. I don't have a regular habit mm-hmm. of reading scriptures to our kids as a family. Yeah. I just talk about it all the time. Yeah. And when our kids hear a scripture, they're hearing the stuff we talk about. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so like, I, I don't know, I, I, I want to develop a better habit of, mm. of like daily reading of scriptures with our kids. But if I have to choose between like reading a scripture and mm-hmm. them missing most of it, yeah, right? Or gospeling kids as I go, and then when they hear scripture, they're like, oh yeah, I know what that is. Yeah. I take the second over the first yeah. every day. Well, I'm not saying you should choose. I, I really do want to have a better habit of reading scripture. Yeah, yeah. But when you have an 11 and a 7-year-old, how to do that with both of them is, t- yeah. is tricky. Yeah. But uh, yeah, but I think that that is the cuz what's the point of reading scripture, right? Is is basically to get us into this story, you know, ourselves, to begin to live it, to participate in the life of God. Um and so if if kids have a habit of knowing how to do that and yeah. knowing that there's good news for them in the in the midst of their pain and their hurt, their fear, guilt, and shame. Um, then uh, I think it's it's probably going to make them more apt to be interested in scripture, you know, because it'll be yes. like, oh yeah, this, this, this relates about. exactly to where I'm at. About, yeah, right? this isn't just a weird old story about why did the rich young ruler go away sad? Oh, I know why he went away sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right, because totally. everything he was good at didn't impress Jesus. Yeah. And he had to like lay down what he was good at in order to receive Jesus, and yeah. he just he couldn't he couldn't not attach his his un- identity from what he was good at. Yeah, like I know what that's like. Yeah, I know that's hard. I know that. <laughs> anyway, yeah. those are some thoughts. It's hard to talk about this too. Like, I mean, I don't know. I don't. We don't have this figured out. I mean, we we have a we like mistakes we've made in parenting. Like, we should maybe do a mistakes episode. And our yeah. practitioner podcast, just so you guys can hear uh-huh. the other side of the story too. Yeah, right. You know, like right. it feels bad, like using our own. I'm just telling you what I'm doing and some of the breakthroughs that are happening. Yeah, but we're still figuring it out. Anyway, absolutely. That's it. All right, friends. That's all we got. Yep. Thanks for writing in the question. If you if you have a question, this episode or any other episode um, just has brought up for you, feel free to email us podcast at gravityleadership.com. Um, we love the the kind of delayed back and forth of knowing that we're speaking directly to where at least one person has uh, been inquiring and asking a question. We'll see you next time. Cheers. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Gravity Leadership Podcast. Our show is produced by Ben Sternke, Matt Tebby, and Ben Hardman. Aaron Sternke does our mixing and mastering. You can check out his work at aaronsternke.com. If you find our podcast helpful, share it with your friends in person and on social media. And don't forget to rate and review us online as well as subscribe so you don't miss an episode. You can join our Gravity community for free at gravityleadership.com join. You'll get our latest content delivered straight to your inbox, as well as an email most Fridays with curated links to articles we found interesting or helpful. To join us, go to gravityleadership.com join. And hey, we'd love to hear from you. Ask a question, make a comment, send us an idea, a recommendation, recipe, whatever. You can email us at podcast at gravityleadership.com. Catch you next time.
This is the place where Black is the main character, where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop and BMF. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.